Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese. I'm joined today by Tim. Yep, just the two of us. Uh, Dan's a little under the weather. Get well soon, Dan. Other Dan has to work. Uh, and Chris, not sure where Chris is. Well, it wasn't the most exciting race with on-track action, so he might still be asleep. But at least we have a race to talk about. Yeah, at least we have a race to talk about. Uh, credit to Dan and Danny last week for filling up 40 minutes of podcast time with no racing. Um, <laughs> Tim, what do you make of this race, though, at Zandvoort? Well, first off, I think we have to talk about what everyone is talking about, which is the event as a whole. So regardless of the race, the fans this weekend, the setting, also the wonderful weather that they've had down there on the uh, Dutch coast, it's just been a brilliant weekend of racing in general. I've watched most of the races, the F3 and the W series as well, and it just seems like it's been an absolute blast for everyone involved. And especially after the events at Spa last weekend, I think we really needed that. Um, the race itself wasn't a classic, although I do think we have a new modern classic, well, not a modern track, but a classic track in Zandvoort that could well stay there for several years. Yeah, I, I agree. I absolutely love the spectacle. I love the fans. I love the track too. I just don't love the cars that are on it at the moment because the cars, as is the issue of most of modern Formula 1, are too wide for the tracks they're on. So overtaking was at a premium. Um, Unless you were Sergio Perez. Unless you were Sergio Perez or Lando Norris. Lando Norris got a couple. Alonso. Oh, Alonso had a wonderful race. Anyone? Alonso had some as well. Um, yeah. I guess you can count Verstappen overtaking Bottas as an overtake. <laughs> Although there was a significant advantage of one of those drivers being on fresh rubber and the other driver being Valtteri Bottas. Ah. <laughs> oh. That um, fastest lap debacle at the end was a bit of a farce, wasn't it? We're going to pitch you for fresh <laughs> rubber, so I'll do fastest lap. No. <laughs> it's, uh... I mean, Hamilton said it didn't matter who got the fastest lap to him. He said it didn't matter as long as Mercedes got the point. Don't know if he would have said the same if he didn't get the fastest lap himself. What about when he was on the radio saying that he, with five laps to go on the radio, he was telling his team that he needed that fastest lap point off his teammate. So... <laughs> Well, I, do I mean, not know. I think he's changed his. Shoes. I don't know. I think they point they, when they realised he didn't have it. They thought, "All oh, better give it to Hamilton or give Hamilton the chance to have it." But yeah, <laughs> bit of a change up this week. We'll go from the back of the grid and work our way forward. So we'll start with uh, two men who seem hell bent hell bent on killing each other, with Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher. Mazepin DNF finishing last, and Schumacher last of the runners. Can we also point out that they were hell-bent on killing Sebastian Vettel in qualifying, which could have gone a lot yeah, worse if it... It was a bad weekend for Haas. Bad weekend. Uh, showed their inexperience with their drivers, and apparently Mazepin blames Schumacher for overtaking him on the outlap. I mean, everyone's jostling for position, so this whole, oh, we have a gentleman's agreement to not overtake each other, that, that needs to stop, just... Get on with what you're doing and make sure you don't block everyone. Use your mirrors, which is what Mazepin did not do. And then also a very scary incident in the race. It wasn't shown on the live feed, so a lot of you may not have seen it on well, a it Sunday was, evening. It was on the live feed. It was just at the back of the... It was at the top of the screen, behind all the pyro. <laughs> um, so it was easy to miss. Yeah, um, for those of you who haven't seen it, 
think back to when Michael Schumacher put Barrichello in the wall at Hungary or nearly put him in the wall at Hungary. Um, Mazepin almost did the same to Schumacher when Schumacher was on f- much fresher rubber just out of a pit stop. Well, no, no, this was a, this was before the pit stop. This is why he had to. This is why he had to pit. Ah, oh, okay. Because he picked up damage. He picked up it. damage. Yeah, I know. I know the replay was shown really late, which is why there might have been some confusion. Uh, camera directing <laughs> oh, okay. was a bit poor this weekend, but yeah, it happened like lap two or three, uh, which is why Schumacher pitted. Ah, okay. I wasn't. I didn't realize it was that early. He had him on the. He had the uh, run on him very, very soon after the uh, after the final corner, and just yeah, Mazepin went jinked right, right once and then jinked right again, nearly putting Schumacher in the pit lane. Hmm. Of which um, Schumacher has actually come forth and said he wants to be in front of me at any cost. Uh, that's that's Schumacher's words discuss, discussing that incident with his teammate. I, if, if, I think we can confidently say that if the Mazepin family wasn't putting so much money into that team that Nikita, Nikita would be out of the car by now. And I do feel sorry in a way for Gunter Steiner being caught in the middle of this buyout war and having to stick by his driver in that context because, yeah. Yeah, well, Haas have also it, said that, it, that no it, one's borderline taking dangerous. sides now. Yeah, they're saying no one's taking sides now and they don't want to spend any money and their drivers are out there costing themselves money because they're causing incidents with each other. Every every little off-track excursion makes uh, a good chance that a piece of the car is not going to be able to be reused, and they love to force each other off the track. I, th- I think there will be a big coming together between them at some point before the end of the year. Yeah, it's, it's and inevitable. they won't be so lucky as to just have a just have a bump. Yeah. Also, can we also point out that? From this season alone, Mazepin is on five penalty points, whereas Norris is on eight, and Perez is on eight as well. Just... Yeah, but they are <laughs> also including some from last from last season. Ah, uh, okay, okay. They carry over. They stay on for. They stay on your license for twelve months. But okay. it's impressive that Mazepin, in around six months, has been able to pick up five. Uh, I, 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 I'm, imp- I'm impressed. It's only five. I would have thought it would have been more. The amount of times that we've seen him in dangerous positions. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the next team, which was Williams. George Russell was officially down as a DNF. Um, bit of a crap race for him, really. He, uh, he had the qu- crashing qualifying, and then he got caught speeding in the pit lane in the race. And when, when they had to, when they had a problem with the car, and they had to pit him. He served the penalty, came out behind everyone but Schumacher and just later retired. Um, Latifi, on the other hand, didn't speed in the pit lane in the race, but did crash in qualifying. Battled back decently, I thought. On track-wise, I thought he put on some good moves, especially the one around the outside of Mazepin. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good move. And having just battered Mazepin, he did race in that instance quite fairly. I think he gave Nicola enough room and defended his position. Nicola? Latifi, you said, wasn't it? Not Nicola. Nicola. Nicholas. (laughs) (laughs) Nicky, if everyone calls him. Nicky, yeah. Um, Yeah, there isn't too much to say about Williams. It was one of those. Well, I think one of those weekends to forget. The qualifying shunts. Obviously, we're glad that, especially Matt. 
especially Latifi's crash. Glad he's okay. That was quite a hefty shunt. Yeah, it was a pit lane start, wasn't it, as well? Yes, it was indeed. Uh, it's how your weekend can turn in F1 in bad from going brilliantly to going awfully in the matter of minutes, isn't it? Those two accidents for the Williams team. Because there was a good chance that both of them, with the laps they were on when they crashed, were going to make it into both into the top 10. And then yeah. you end up 11th and 14th and both your cars in the wall. Yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't great. But I think the blow will be softened for George Russell this week when they finally announce he's got the Mercedes seat. Mm. I think everyone knows it's got to be coming this week with Kimi retiring and, and of course, Valtteri Bottas being favourite to take that seat. It's only logical, and well, it'll be interesting to see if Alex Albon's allowed to take the Williams seat or if Toto's going to block that, because he's not so keen on Albon being in the seat if he is still on the Red Bull program, because, well, they're an engine customer of Mercedes, and he doesn't want to feed back any information. But having said that, how much of the technical knowledge is Bottas going to give to Ferrari? engines in the back of the Alpha. Well, it wouldn't be unlike Ferrari to cheat, would it? <laughs> Specifically when it comes to getting secrets about engines. For younger for younger listeners, um if you look up what was the, what was the name of it? Spygate. Um if you, if Spygate. you want the full background that, that was one. McLaren that one though. Yeah, it was McLaren, but they bought people off Ferrari, didn't they? To buy the engine, to find the engine. They, I don't know, they, they did something to steal information from Ferrari. Yeah. About something that yeah. they shouldn't have had. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll go on to uh, Alfa Romeo. And I'm going to say, first of all, I thought Kubica did a very good job. Came in, had one practice session, and then, I mean, he came in for Kimi Raikkonen, who got COVID. Asymptomatic, hopefully doing well. And he's, I mean, he's beaten the Williams drivers, which looked faster over a single lap than them. If, well, even though Giovinazzi was spectacular in qualifying. Yeah, he also, as I was about to say, he also, from where he started to where he finished, finished on the same lap as Giovinazzi. Yeah, that's true. Who had a pretty awful, he was brilliant in qualifying, but in the race, he just went backwards in, and backwards. In the race, he was very Giovinazzi-ish. Yeah, kind of just there. A bit of a roadblock that the leaders went around every few laps. <laughs> but his qualifying performance was spectacular. And that on... I don't know if anyone's seen the onboard. He had that car right yeah, on the limit. Every single corner. It was it was brilliant to watch. Just throw a car around and see what happens, basically. As the weekend went for Giovinazzi, it was Giovinazzi took part in practice. Giovinazzi took part in qualifying and Giovinazzi took part in the race. There was, <laughs> it was quite the drop off yeah. um, between the race and qualifying. Um, yeah. put in quite a decent move as well, didn't he, on the Hass of Mazepin? Yes, he did. Yeah, it's, it's weird that we're complimenting yeah. Mazepin on his driving quality at the same time he is being overtaken. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, very impressive. Kibitza. Don't think. Well, he might be in for Monza, depending on. If it, it, I don't know how long you have to be. Kimi was in the car. Kimi was in the negative. car on Friday, was he not? So he was, but he tested positive on the Saturday morning. It probably depends because if he's 
it's different everywhere. Some places where you have it, you, it's your 10 days. Some day, places it's a week. Some places it's four days. If you re- Some days it's 14. Some, so, but some places it's also still 14. Yeah, so. so it depends on the Italian. I think we'll hear something, we'll hear something this week. It'll, it'll be based on, of course, the laws of the Netherlands and Italy. Yeah. Um. I'm just having a very quick look to see if I can find the entry requirements <laughs> <laughs> um, for Italy. Uh, there's like 20 pages of stuff on the government website. I'm not reading through all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're not reading from that, we'll uh, we'll talk about the next team up, which was Aston Martin, and the return of the spin or spin spinella spinella. It was a uh, unusual, oh. really. Um, or as someone's put it, the uh, the king of drift. The king of drift. I've seen it described. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty. I mean, if you if you're Valtteri Bottas, there was definite clenching. Oh yes, well avoided Valtteri. I crack good good reactions because he had no idea whether Vettel was going high or low it during that spin. Yeah, it's uh, it was a strange one. I I thought Vettel just had one of those weekends where it just did not go. If it rained, it poured for him. Qualifying was ruined by no fault of his own. And then... It was strange because they had a really good practice free. And they were like... they were In terms of their like longer run pace in practice free, they were right up there on the timesheets for their like 10 and 15 lap averages. Um, they were up there between the Ferraris and the Alpines or around the Alpine area. And then in the race, it just never... They never had that pace at all, either of them. Well, I think this is the issue we're facing, because they had that long-run pace. But the issue with having long-run pace, as Lance Stroll showed with his him, everyone knew he was faster in the long runs than George Russell, but he could not pass him at all. There was no chance he could pass him. DRS, even though they had the same engine, it couldn't get past. Yeah. Um, again, we've touched on it earlier, the lack of ability to pass in these cars we've known it for a long time and hopefully the rules next year although the cars aren't getting too much smaller in terms of width they are getting shorter in length and hopefully the air displacement will just make it that bit easier yeah i mean f1 cars are still huge um i mean they've not got any big they haven't got any smaller since 2017 and you and i saw them in the flesh and they are monsters Mm. we've also said we've all well i've also seen the 2016 cars in the flesh at goodwood and yeah they are much smaller, much much smaller, Vividly. which is a is it's the huge problem. I think it's the problem we face. Um, we face at Zandvoort. We face if we were racing at Singapore, we'd have it, and if we were racing, or oh, when we race at Monaco, we have it because the, you just can't get past because it's yeah. <laughs> sit the car in the middle and no one will get past you. Hmm. Um, yeah, are we going to touch on Lance Stroll's weekend? Other than that, he, we knew he had the pace. Um, he was really screwed over by qualifying and the two crashes in. Yeah, he was one of those Q one, wasn't he? He's one of those guys, like many this weekend, who were caught out by the actions of others. And we'll get on to Perez as we work our way up the order, as he was one of those who also fell foul to other people just not getting it right. Um, we'll move up to McLaren. Daniel Ricciardo can't buy any luck. He outqualifies his teammate. And then a few laps in, he has the engine issue, which they're having to solve. And he just doesn't 
he can't climb up the order. He also had that weird panic on the start line where his engine stalled and he put his hand up, but he didn't actually go on the radio and tell the team that the engine had stalled. Um, I don't know if you've seen the replay of this race before the start line. It's very, very strange. Um, As the lights are starting to switch on, he's waving his hands in the cockpit and then he effectively just touches something on the steering wheel and the car restarts when three lights are on. He revs up and he gets a poor start. It's it was a very weird start for Ricardo. Can't buy luck. Not sure what Just happened. Can't to buy him. any luck, can he? Having said that, he should have been higher than tenth. Having said that, a, a poor the thing is a poor start here and a track you can't really overtake on. It was always uh, mm. somewhat inevitable. Yeah, but I think what we'll do is now we're in the top ten. We'll run through the top ten in order. Oh, does so that mean that we have to touch on Sonoda first? Oh yeah, well, I guess we have to remember Sonoda exists. Um, <laughs> Sonoda exists might have been the best way to describe his performance this weekend. He was there, but he's... no. So Sonoda existed to spin and go off circuit. Like it was he yeah. from a, from a, from a viewing point in the stands, he was probably quite entertaining to watch because he actually <laughs> caused action. <laughs> not the not the sort of action that people really want to see. Though I think we all want to see great on track driving and battling. We don't want to see people spinning and crashing. Hmm. Yeah, in his defence, he was the only one of the entire field that had never driven a lap in anger of any car or ever even been to Vanfort before this weekend, having raced in mostly the Asian series. We we say this, though, every time like he has a, a race like that. Well, I've never raced it before, but you've got the simulators and all these drivers, they go in, they, they go to tracks where they've not raced before either. They jump in the sim and they, they learn the track that way. So either Sonoda isn't up to it, or maybe he just needs to put more time in the sim. I think with a circuit like this, it's it's probably one of the most hardest ones in the sim to replicate the G-forces and the actual undulation of the circuit. Just looking at some of the onboards and how the track is put together, it probably is quite a difficult one to master just from a simulation, I would think. Yeah. Or you'd expect. I haven't spoken to anyone officially about that, <laughs> yeah. but... You're just from the way it looks. So, should we do the top 10? Yeah, we'll do the top 10. Uh, Lando Norris in 10th. One point. Um, bit of a... Like I say, he was caught out by the misfortune of others uh, with the two crashes at the Williams in qualifying. Um, and he only, only just we... escaped Q1 as well. Yeah, I was about to say, people say that, oh, he was screwed over by the to Williams incidents, there was no guarantee of him getting through. And even in some of the practice sessions earlier in the weekend, he was on over a single lap pace. He wasn't necessarily where we'd expect him to be. Yeah. I felt like he was the way off. Um, I feel like he was a bit of a way off. He was 8th and 11th in practice 2 and practice 3, just looking at the practices here. So, so you, could argue he he, you could argue he finished where he should have finished, really. Yeah, the 10th is probably about right for his weekend, which <laughs> feels weird to say it from McLaren the last few years and also Lando Norris. But... but once again, it's another race where he's not crashed out or been wiped out or whatever, and he's finishing the points. Yeah, considering where he started, it's a very good recovery. Mm. But as a weekend as a whole, I think they might be a little disappointed or they might wonder where their pace had gone this weekend. Ninth was Esteban Ocon. Shall we introduce him as race winner Esteban Ocon? 
I think that's what we've got to call him now. <laughs> in in ninth place was Grand Prix winner Esteban Ocon, um, <laughs> who who did you know all right, I guess. Um, I can't, not too much to say about it because I'd like to know how Perez got past him, but I didn't see it. Because I'm pretty sure they were showing us Verstappen at the time, or why the Mercedes pitting. Yes, I believe it was. I believe they cut away from the move, didn't they? When the Mercedes came in for those last set of pit stops, yes. Um, the one for Bottas, I think it was. Or, it was either Bottas's or Lewis's. They were showing the on board with Perez, and then it was like, oh, but Mercedes are in, so we'll show this instead. And it, it just yeah, the camera directing. I think we said it. I've said it already, but it's uh, it was poor this weekend. It was it was probably a Dutch company, and their mindset was anything that affects the top three positions really wasn't it let's be honest it was it was seeing perez do all these overtakes but the dutch company like uh, red bull just forgot perez existed yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um esteban ocon pretty standard weekend um did out qualify alonso did out qualify alonso but then alonso out race paced him well he he so... outdrove he he just put a brilliant move on the outside of him at turn uh turn three he did, yeah, yeah. And then when Alon- when he had a bit of a gap to him at one point, and he caught back up to Alonso, and then Alonso responded with his two fastest laps of the race as Ocon got closer. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Ocon's going, he's holding me up, and Alonso goes, "No, I'm just managing the gap to like I think it was Ricardo at the time." Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, and but- then yeah, I think that was it. Uh, uh, Ricardo was catching. Ocon, so Ocon started catching Alonso, and then Alonso just sped up. <laughs> Alonso, Alonso just started catching the um, guy who was in front of him, whoever it was. In eight, yeah, and then per- yeah, uh, yeah, Grand Prix winner. Oh, sorry, multiple Grand Prix winner Sergio Perez, um, driver of the day. Probably the one real source of entertainment on the track. Um. His overtakes yeah. were good. Driver of, the day, driver of the day for Jensen Button. Mine was Alonso, but we'll move to that in a moment. <laughs> His overtakes, His were, overtakes were good, especially the ones that they showed on TV. <laughs> yeah, it was strange that, wasn't it? They showed a lot of his overtakes earlier in the race, like the ones on the Hassids and the ones on the Williams, but they didn't really show <laughs> it once he got past the Aston Martins, did they? The ones that actually mattered. When it starts to matter. Like, position. Yeah. Um, I mean, he the, the overtake on... Norris with the wheel banging, that was exciting. Or it, it would have been exciting if we didn't already know the result and it was shown us, to us on a replay. Well, on the onboard replay initially, I didn't realise that there had been so much contact. It was only actually when we saw the second replay yeah. that I realised, oh wow, they actually had such yeah, a... Proper, proper the, whack. The replay on board with Norris. Axle to axle, yeah. really. Uh, it's impressive it didn't break because we see that happen a, a few times. Yeah. I want to say more Perez, but... I guess we can go and talk about the qualifying. It wasn't his fault. Some people say, oh, he should have done a better tra- time in the first place. But track evolution is a real thing. We all know it. And, I mean, he oh, he was he was safe until other drivers started to improve. Um, was it was four, was it four, four one-hundredths that knocked him yeah, out? Yeah, it was about that, that he was out. Yeah. And um, but he was pretty much back in the garage by that time, wasn't he? But so, he was all he was already out because he didn't make the checkered flag for the uh, to say his final lap. Yeah. Oh, that was it, wasn't it? It's the second time this season that he hasn't got a final lap in because Red Bull sent him out too late, and it's cost him. So they did it to him at Hungary as well. They yeah. sent him out behind Verstappen, 
Yes, they did. Everyone yeah. goes to make the gap. Well, Hamilton. No, to be honest, no. We say we say we thought it was gamemanship from Hamilton, but then Hamilton did point out, "Well, I was only going as fast as the guy in front of me," of which was the case. <laughs> he did wait an extra long time in the pit lane, though. Oh, this weekend, yeah. Um, <laughs> You're telling me that wasn't a game. <laughs> Carlos Sainz, um, he described it as a very, um, very frustrating race. Uh, he said he just did not enjoy it at all and he did not have the pace. Uh, finishing seventh. It's another one that you wish you could say more about because that, but the Ferraris were very uh, anonymous this weekend. They were anonymous, but they were faster consistently throughout the weekends than both of the McLarens, and that is their battle. So from the perspective of third place in the constructors, it was a very, very good weekend. For yeah, them. I think the way you describe Ferrari's race, uh, especially Leclerc's, and probably Gasly's too, when we got on to him, was, you know when Mercedes were completely dominant, no one could touch them, and then just Verstappen had Albon as a teammate and just drove every race around in third on his own because no one was as fast as him, apart yeah. from the two Mercedes, who were just much faster. You say that, but they were separated by the next man. Yep. So <laughs> Multiple um, Grand Prix winner, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> We're going to do this for, for every Grand Prix winner now. Multiple Grand Prix winner. For uh, we should have done. We should have. We should have. We should have said it for Kubica and Vettel, then, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should have um, done. Um, uh, I, I only said it to do it for Ocon because it's the first proper race he's had since he won. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to remind people how many ty- how many drivers on this grid have actually won a race. Yeah, it's a very competitive field, isn't it? Um, in fact, all of the top six. Yep. And seven of the top eight. And eight of the top nine, so eight of the top ten. <laughs> so yeah, it's, eight uh, of the top ten have won a race. Yeah, Brilliant. or you could or you... get that diversity. And if you and... that being said, you could also you could also say nine of the top eleven because of Ricardo. Yeah, we're, we're rambling here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll great, get back it? to the. We'll get back to yeah. We'll get back. We'll get back Alonso. to my boy. Uh, you want to get? You want to gush over Fernando for a bit? <laughs> Oh, brilliant race, wasn't it? <laughs> so, it was just great. Started started ninth, finished sixth in probably the fourth best car. Maybe the fifth best car, if you include Gasly's. Um, yeah, it was just a... Fernando, just in the last few races, has had that groove back about him, hasn't he? Um, especially when you think back to his drive at Hungary. I know Ocon won the race, but... Yeah, it's just great to see. And he just seems to be enjoying it so much as well. Um, his interview afterwards, he was delighted with sixth place. And I think he was actually a little bit of him was disappointed that he um, didn't get past science sooner and have a go at Charles. Yeah. So, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Great move on science near the end of the race as well. Um, although, again, it was one that we didn't see because of the Mercedes yeah, we... pit stops. <laughs> I think we need to have a poll. Just what do you like seeing more? Overtakes, uh, overtakes or pit stops because I'm pretty sure we know how it's going to go. Well, I don't mind a pit stop when it's going to affect a lead change. If you if you if you've got where Verstappen and Lewis might have both pitted in that yeah. set of laps, that's fine. But it's when it's pit stops for a fastest lap. I'd rather see an overtake for sixth place than a pit stop for a fastest well, lap. Yeah, I mean, unless it's unless it's going to be one of those ones that's going to be closed with an undercut or an overcut, then then yeah, you don't need to see the pit stop in that yeah. context. That's that's the only time. It's... Yeah, especially when it's the last few laps of the race as well. Do you think those drivers have driven all that race and they're now that close together still after however many laps of 
green flag running with no safety cars and no red flags or anything like that. It's it's great that two teams or two different cars in the instance of Alonso and Science can have such different philosophies about the design of their cars, but still be that close together. It's it's just great racing. Yeah. As much as we have questions of racing from some of these cars, some of it can be really close. <laughs> yeah. to. Um, we'll go on to number five, uh, position five. Grand Prix winner Charles Leclerc. <laughs> oh dear. Um, uh, he 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 was once again just one of those drivers that you just say, okay, yeah, I didn't rate him as much to start the season, but he's good, isn't he? He's good. To sp- he's good. He's doing very good. Um, as I say, great day for Ferrari, fifth and seventh, especially with McLaren's when result. McLaren score one point is not. Yeah, not to not to be sniffed at. Um, also, good momentum going into their home race. Hopefully, it will be better than for them than the last few years. I know Ferrari can be. You quite say a bit... that it's quite. It was quite funny. It was quite funny. I was about to say. I know that we will have many British listeners who find it amusing that Ferrari have been messing up their home race for the last several <laughs> years. Um, well, for the last two. Years. Well, actually, no. They won it. Was it two thousand and nineteen or that? Uh, it was only last year. Two thousand. I thought it was too fat. Or was it 2018? It was 2018, he might have won. I don't know. I'm just going to look it up. Was it 2018 or 2019 he's won it? I'm sure they've had two really yeah, bad Alexa, races. who won the 2019 Italian Grand Prix? Charles Leclerc of Ferrari won the 2019 Formula One Italian Grand Prix. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> As you picked that up, but that was... Also finding out okay. the result of the podium, um, but we didn't need that. Uh, yeah, so it was the Claire, but that was also the yeah. race that Vettel had. Yeah, that was okay. the race so, Vettel so... had his spin, and then took out Stroll, who then in turn did the same to Kvyat. That's correct. Yes, um, that's why I'm thinking they had a bad race because Vettel. And the year before was the one where Vettel span with Hamilton. Yeah, and last year was where they had the brake issues, wasn't it? You had Leclerc's big crash. Well, I think the Claire just dropped the it, didn't he? And. Vettel's potentially horrific crash. Yeah, Vettel's brake fails. Been having, both of them have been having brake issues, mm. haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so um, I, as I say, it, it's, I think it is good for them to have that momentum going into Monza. Um, it, there's going to be 50% crowd there, I believe they said. So to have the Tifosi back, wherever you stand on Ferrari, and I assume most of our listeners are from the UK. Wherever you stand on Ferrari, the Tifosi are a part of the sport, and to have them back next weekend with a Ferrari that will be competitive and just something that they can get a cheer out of, even if it's a fourth or a fifth place, I think that would mean a lot to them after the last few. Well, years. all it ta- the last we've got the, we've got the sprint race, had. and all it takes um, is an instant in that, and we could see a Ferrari on the podium. Both dri- both of their drivers have been on the Monza podium. Yes, they have. Um, yeah, but but we've got that sprint race. But we'll move on to Grand Prix winner at Monza, <laughs> Pierre Gasly. Yeah, that was a nice little that was a nice little move, wasn't it? Looking ahead to Monza to moving on to Pierre Gasly. <laughs> you could almost call it that a, was fix. a nice little link. Um, um, although this yeah. one would say that about the last race. Yeah. <laughs> Two laps behind the safety car, just so the sponsors pay you out. Yeah. I have heard suggestions that those that were at Spa might, and don't quote me on it, be going to be going to be getting a reduced a offer of reduced price tickets for next year's race, which might soften the that blow a bit. The, but that, that's obviously that's not confirmed. And again, we are 
no official concert would at least it would be something anyway so let's talk about pierre gasly because he deserves to be talked about one of the stars of the weekend again again that's one of the stars of the weekend i mean if there were if there were three car teams do you mean one car teams if there were three car teams he would have that third red bull seat there would be no doubt about it but unfortunately there's two car teams which is bad news for him oh i don't think he'd be in a red bull seat i think i think i don't think he'd be in a red bull seat i think he'd be either in an alpine seat or he'd been a being a um potentially a mercedes or a Ferrari seat, wouldn't he? He's just that good yeah, at the moment. He's he's good it's, enough to race for a top brilliant. team. Bear in mind, he had that win last year. With his results today, he has matched his points tally for the entirety of last season. And I think that is <laughs> when you've still got seven or eight races, depending on how things play out to go. In in an Alpha Tauri, when you had a race win the season before, that is some going. Yeah, definitely from the boy Gasly. Yeah, uh, first driver. Uh, he was nearly the first driver not to be lapped, but he was lapped, wasn't he, on the final stint by uh, Verstappen right near the end. But yeah. again, he was. He wasn't like Leclerc was right all over him. Um, also, we should point out that Leclerc and Gasly both did the one-stop strategy, which was contrary to most of the rest. As of did the Bottas. Field. Um. Yeah, I can't. I can't fault Gasly. I thought he was. I thought he, he was brilliant qualifying, <laughs> brilliant race. It's a shame that. No one could really touch him to give us some more on-track action. Um, yeah, you can't, you can't fold it. And like you said, he's he's matched last season's point tally, and last season, he, of course, he had the race win, which is a huge chunk of points. Um, bearing in mind they have basically one driver for half of the races. Um, Alpha Tauri are only six points behind Alpine now, and Alpine have that race win. That is a that is a statement of the job that Gasly is doing right now. And yeah, Yuki Tsunoda has eighteen points this season. Pierre Gasly's yeah. points alone would still be enough for AlphaTauri to be where they are now in the championship standings, because uh, Aston Martin have fifty three. Yeah, but the fact that they are only six, they're only yeah, they're only six points off the Alpine team though, which is just it's impressive for them if they could. Uh, if they if they could never have a fifth place in the championship, that would be <laughs> a real statement to the midfield almost. The rest of the midfield. Absolutely. Um I guess we talk now about Valtteri Bottas. He was just having fun, Tim. Oh, sorry, Grand Prix uh, winner Valtteri Bottas, and he was just having fun, Tim. He didn't mean to set the fastest lap. He was just having fun. He was just <laughs> I mean, that's up there with that's up there with the <laughs> Biggest lies ever told with the um, OJ Simpson was innocent and Mercedes were just pitting him for the vibrations. I thought you were going to say it was up there with, with Fernando is faster than you. <laughs> Fernando was faster than him. In terms of... Uh, he was, but he didn't have to move over for a race win. <laughs> As well, it turned out. But yeah, that's just... What, are, you, are you saying Ferrari cheated? <laughs> And I'm saying their morals are questionable. (laughs) (laughs) Ferrari, you don't cheat. You just you have questionable morals. There we go. Yeah. um, I I love Ferrari, so even I'll admit it. (laughs) But but yeah, um, I know he had the extra pit stop, but 56 seconds off the lead in a Mercedes. I know he had the extra pit stop, but still 35 seconds behind Lewis. 
You say that, just, but Hamilton had one more pit not stop. not really good enough, is it? Hamilton three stopped. He did indeed, yeah. It's so, just... yeah. I mean, Valtteri got given the hurry up, then the you can win this race, and then the we're going to pit you, but don't use this brand new rubber to set the fastest lap of the race. It was a confusing, conflicting week for Bottas, and to be honest, I think he might almost be happy out of that team. Yeah, I think I think that he is. He's very. He's almost. He's. He's not quite, but he's almost in the Seb position at the end of last year, isn't it? He just needs a break away from yeah. the pressure of the top Get team to the and midfield also the and rediscover um, yourself. Yeah. Because wouldn't we all love to see that Valtteri Bottas who broke through in the Williams in 2014, wasn't it? When he had pole positions and he had, he was challenging for podiums in that yeah. Williams. And obviously we saw that the decline of Williams in the years after in it. That, yeah, it was just, we, we all, I think we would all want to see that Valtteri come back. And he just needs out, doesn't he? To yeah, try he needs a fresh start. Um, I guess we move on to Hamilton. Record set. Well, we, uh, do we call him Grand Prix winner? I mean, we could list. <laughs> we could list quite a few. He's he's. What's it? What's it? Record holding Grand Prix winner. I don't know. Lewis Hamilton. He, he's pretty good. Okay. Um. The 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 one the one with the one the, who's the guy won who's the won most. the most Grand Prix. There we go. Who might also set a new record this race? Yeah. Or quickest time to complain about tires into a race. I I made it lap five, which lap would five. have been six minutes. Yeah, lap five. Six minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, and then when he did it, and then when he did it in stint two, he did the fastest lap yeah. thing, didn't he? <laughs> he um before his before his before his second pit stop, he uh. He went, my tyres are dead, my tyres are dead, and then set a fastest lap. Well, fast yeah, and that, that, I mean, Mercedes... <laughs> in a couple of Mercedes really bullsed up his strategy today, and they've admitted it, where they pitted him far too soon for that second stop. Like, he had so much life in those tyres, he could have... Mm. He called, He said it himself on his radio, he said, they they, they called our bluff and we got it, and now we're screwed, basically. Yeah, like, if, they, if he had been allowed to push for more laps and close up, might have been fine. If, and if they'd carried on pushing, there's a good chance Bottas yeah. would have been able to um, get ahead of Verstappen if he pitted, and that gap and the hold-up might have been able to put Hamilton in front with an overcut. Yeah. Also, the um, first pit stop was was it three point six seconds? It was a not. It was point nine. It was point nine a second. Three point six. Yeah. Slower than Verstappen's, who had a two point seven difference. Yeah, and bear in mind that you would be accounting for Red Bull having a quicker post stop than they even did. So you potentially they potentially could have lost even more time through that slow stop. And even Bottas's pit stop later in the race was only five seconds. That was I think the word you're looking for was steady though. There was there was no need to, to risk anything going wrong. It was a it was a safe third place. Yeah, you just feel that just even with the restricting of the sub two second pit stop that is now in place. You just feel like um, Red Bull still have that upper advantage on the pit stops over Mercedes. And in a season as close as this, that that could be a difference. Like your your pit stops could could it could be the make or break when we come down to the last races in Abu Dhabi. It could it could be the difference. Okay, um, should we move on to 
this week's race winner. This week's Grand Prix winner. Oh. Um, <laughs> Max Verstappen. He was uh, untouchable. To the delight of his adoring he was He was untouchable, wasn't he? Um, he was phenomenal. How do you... um? When you can't touch them, it must be demoralising. I think I think they've both been in that situation this season. It's like, oh, what have we got to do to catch this guy? And each time they've been in that situation, they've risen to the challenge, to be honest. And you are looking now probably at a, a must-win race for Mercedes. They've clawed it back already a couple of times, but that was more with a bit of luck with... Um, We're a bit of luck, really. Yeah, I know that we, I know that we have a British media, and a lot of what we see will be from the BBC, who will say Hamilton finishes second as Verstappen wins home Grand Prix. Well, I think they use the like words that. "dominant Verstappen" but this time. From a, from a, oh, did they? Yes, that's that's rare of them. But I was about to make the point that if if you are a race fan, that is one of the standout drives surely if hamilton had driven a race like that we would have been praising him from the rooftops i think in a car that was so closely matched to the mercedes it seemed throughout the practices and throughout qualifying as well i know the gap was um very small in qualifying wasn't it it's to, to just drive that well to drive that with no mistakes no mistakes i mean it was close but verstappen also he didn't have his re- uh, drs on their final run down to the corner Oh, sorry, run a run down to the finish line. He didn't, but to, to, he he didn't, but that makes the lap all the more impressive, doesn't it, from him? It was just... I feel like if a British driver had pulled this off, the media would be saying, wow, what an incredible drive. What like what? like It's one of the best drives that I've seen in a long time. I'd, I'd say it's his best driver, maybe his best driver of the season, would you say, other than... Maybe I Imola, would say but... this is better because he was the fastest guy all the time. In Imola, in Imola, Hamilton was faster. And then when it started to dry out, Verstappen was quicker. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it's, it. I can't stress enough how good a drive it was. Just he drove was, away yeah. from the field. Didn't make one mistake. No lock-up, no running wide, no touch in the dirt. He was just every single corner, every single lap on point. And we don't, you don't get often that drivers have such a clean race. Even Lewis, when he's at the front, sometimes you you have a lock up, you have a moment when you cut a chicane or you run wide on an exit of a corner or a hairpin. And um, yeah, Verstappen just did nothing wrong, nothing wrong all day. Also, we should talk about the pressure that he was under this weekend as well. That Orange Army, I know they're there to support him, but. As a twenty-three-year-old, to carry that on your shoulders and then to deliver in that way—I just wonderful. Reminds you of a young. It does remind you of a younger. Who Hamilton also, yeah, had to carry that weight at the age of twenty-three at Silverstone. And, yeah, two thousand eight. I think it would have been two thousand eight. He was twenty-three. Everyone, he was. I think he was twenty-two when he came into Formula One. So. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Winning first time you're winning your home Grand Prix, and. You're that age and everyone there is expecting you to win that race and there because they want to celebrate you winning that race and to do to deliver is just fantastic. Sorry, I've gone <laughs> on a bit there. So, um, 
you no, I, I mean, you said it all, really. <laughs> um, Verstappen was just brilliant, and uh, he's deserving all the praise he's getting from the, the world media. And it's 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 nice to see. Yeah. I know we always get this, oh, yeah, oh, how much is that, how much is that? And like we've, We get this with Crofty because he's talking for the British public, and the British public usually support the British driver, and it drives some Americans crazy who like Verstappen, but they get our commentary. Um <laughs> just uh yeah, it's uh it's just nice to see the him getting that praise that he deserves. What would have been interesting was if Hamilton had won, would Tiesto have performed on the podium? Would that woman have sung the God Save the Queen and would there have been fireworks down the pitch straight? Oh, we fall I think the fireworks would have gone off because they're probably on a preset timer, aren't they? Um but I don't think we'd have got the the uh, woman singing the national anthem on the podium. <laughs> Which I think they should do that. A Silverstone if a British driver wins. Maybe if Russell wins there next year, we could have a famous Russell famous British Hampton. singer. Or Norris could be could be Norris. Yeah, we don't know. We, we don't we don't know with the new cars, do we? So, <laughs> what famous British musician would sing the national anthem? I mean, going by the whole Tiesto thing, we probably get Stormzy's rendition. <laughs> The national anthem sung in grime. <laughs> <laughs> Storms, if you're listening, hit us up. We'd love to do our theme tune. Uh... <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's an out there that's an out there plug, isn't it? Stormzy, come and do a theme tune for it. <laughs> that's an out there plug. Stormzy, come. Yeah, Stormzy, come. Stormzy, please. Um, and it, whilst we're doing our plugs, what we'll quickly do is we'll mention our sponsorship. Once again, we are sponsored by Apex Tracks. It's free for your 3D printed track wall art needs. Head to apextracks.com. That's A P E X T R A X S dot com. And with that, Tim, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Oh, I was going to say, did you want to just mention Monza next sprint race? Back to remind everyone that we are back to the sprint race format. Yep, yep qualifying Friday evening, everyone, and then the sprint race late afternoon on a Saturday before a normal time Grand Prix. Hopefully we all enjoy it and uh, look forward to speaking to you again after that. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys. Max 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 Super Max Max Super Super Max 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 And <laughs> Is that gonna be our outro? <laughs> That'll have to be it. <laughs> please 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 can you leave that in? Yep. <laughs> uh.